Hi again, everybody. If I missed you in the beginning, welcome. So good to have you here at church with us today. I'm really excited about this message. And there are some messages that have like immediate short-term impact. Like you walk out of here like, whew, and God has done something. Sometimes there can be something miraculous that takes place. But today I'm feeling like this may have some long-term impact on you. And not only you, but many others around you and even this church. So now you're saying, well, come on. Tell us what you're going to say. So maybe just a little bit of a, a story, back-end story. Um, it's been very familiar to me over the years to be involved in church. Obviously, I am in, in full-time ministry employed. But besides that, there's been many other years where I haven't been employed by church, but especially my younger years, but have been involved in church. And I think this has come down uh, specifically through my mom's side of the family. I know, Dad, you kind of didn't really enjoy church growing up, eh? <laughs> His, my, my, my grandpa said, so my dad's dad, he was like, son, I'm going to teach you something about church. Never forget this. He says, always be the last to arrive, first to leave, so you don't have to talk to anyone. <laughs> that was the legacy of my grandpa to my dad. Uh, maybe there was a bit more. I'm just kidding a little bit. But, but my mom's side of the family, being very, very involved in church, uh, so much so my, my grandpa um, pretty much built the Anglican church in Implati. He built uh, the, the stone wall. He built the gates in the front. He built the classrooms. And, you know, that was just, you know, just what he did, you know. Uh, you can, if you even go to our farmhouse where my mom grew up, you'll see elements of the Anglican church even at the house because they use stones from the farm and there's like the similar architecture. And what is incredible is the church we grew up in and now my sister and brother-in-law have just taken over that facility back in Implati and have launched their church, co-church, from the old Anglican church. How amazing is that? Who would have thought? Uh, my gran, we used to call her Gaga. Um, the Queen song was named after her, apparently. I don't know. That's why my mom's a Queen fan. Um, but she pretty much like taught Sunday school, played the organ, and then passed that down to my mom. My mom played the organ in the church. Uh, then we eventually transitioned and slowly got a band, you know. Uh, my mom used to play the piano. I even started playing guitar in that church. And then all my aunts taught us in Sunday school, which happened on Wednesdays, which never made sense to me. Anyway, but it was called Sunday school. Uh, my, my oldest uh, aunt, Val, um, and her, their, uh, two of their sons, well, one of their sons is a pastor at Link Church now, uh, but she, I'll never forget a lesson at Sunday school on Wednesday. Um, she made us wash each other's feet. That was the worst day of my life. Like, you know, you're like nine. Uh, I can just imagine my son Jonah <laughs> being asked to watch us. We just come from school, guys. You've taken off those stinky socks from Amplali Primary and... The, the, the aroma in the room wasn't too pleasant. And, and then she made us take off our socks and shoes, and then we had to wash each other's feet, like between the toes and everything. I can't I'll never forget that. That's the only thing I actually remember from Sunday school. But anyway, um, but all my aunts were involved in Sunday school, and there was this legacy of serving. Christmas time, uh, we would have services at the, the farmer's hall in Amplali and uh, carol services there, and my mom and uh, her side of the family always involved, setting up trestle tables and doing the flowers, and it was just part of our lives, serving in church. It was just what we did. So much so, when we moved to Kloof, we didn't know what was going on. My parents were coming to do Bible college for a couple of years, and then a church just started in our home, and then back into it again, you know, 
it was pretty weird having church in your lounge. You know, you wake up, have breakfast in the kitchen, come through, and there's people in your lounge, you know, have church. And then from then we moved to the little library uh, there by the Kloof Town Hall um, or below the Kloof Town Hall. And again, starting to pack sound systems and pianos. My mom, for some reason, didn't like a, a small keyboard. It was actually this one here, but it had these massive legs on it. And do you remember where we used to carry it? My dad and I used to carry it, and my mom used to carry it. And then the overhead projector, who remembers those? Those are the most awkward thing to carry. Where do you stick that like, bar like over your arm? And, you, and there's nothing worse than an overhead projector as well, because to get it right was like so difficult. Up, down, no, it's upside down. Okay, there we go. And we used to set up at the Kloof Town Hall when we eventually moved there, dusty cables, and it was just what we did. We used to have youth at our house just down the road, down Abbey Road. Some weeks we would have 80 kids. The next week one of the kids would organize a party and I want to kill them because then no one would come. And it was just our life growing up that we served in church. And if you are new here or new to faith or not even sure yet what you believe, um, just chill. Okay, I'm not going to ask you to kind of get involved straight away and just start serving at church. Uh, but we're doing a series at the moment. Um, and if you've been here the last couple of weeks, the series is called Unto Him. So we've started the year off the back of last year, which was Unto Us, what you know, Jesus did for us. And our response basically back to Him. How do we love God in response to Him? Week one, we looked at you know, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind. Sorry, all your heart and soul. Last week, my mom spoke so well on loving God with your mind and using your brain and centering your intellectual uh, kind of attention on God. And this week, we're going to look at what does it mean to love God with all of your strength. But let me just pick up on this key scripture that we've been looking at, which is Mark 12, 30. If you've got your Bibles, you're welcome to open it. Otherwise, it will be up there on the screen. But Jesus simply said this, and you'll find this and variants of this uh, throughout the Bible, particularly in obviously the, the Gospels. But, but Jesus said this, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Some of the other Gospels actually don't mention strength, but maybe it was just like assumed that that's just what you did. I don't know. But strength here has nothing to do with the amount of weight you can bench press or how hard you can punch. Did anyone watch the UFC fights this morning? Okay, own up, own up. Yes, some of you did. I also did. Um, someone said to me the other day, because they know I'm a pastor, they're like, you watch that. It's like, it's violence. I'm like, I oh, know, I love it. <laughs> I'm not a violent person at all, but I get anxious watching it. You know, it's like, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's so much more real to me than like boxing. I don't know. Sorry, boxing fans, but it's just like so hectic. I would never step in a ring for one second with any of these guys. But anyway, maybe it just makes me feel like I could do it. I don't know, just watching it. Anyway, it's not nothing to do with any of that. Strength signifies your energy output, your work, your job, whatever it is that you put effort into, that signifies your strength. What do you put energy into in this life? And there's so many areas that we put effort into. And when we do these well, we honor God. I really believe that. When we do these well with all of our strength, we honor God. And that's things like your marriage, when you put energy into your marriage, it it's flourishes. It's a good marriage. When you all, you know, both of you give 100%. When you put energy into your family or into your work or your hobbies or your sport, and we do those well with all of our strength, I believe we honor God because God, you know, gave us all those amazing blessings here, this side of eternity. And when we do them well, we honor God. But I want to focus today on Truly loving God 
with all of our strength by loving his bride. Maybe some of you are not sure, what is this are you talking about? God, Jesus was married? Like, what do you mean he was married? I thought he wasn't married. Jesus and many scriptures in the Bible refer to the church, which is you and I, as his bride. Because he loves us so much. He died for us. And the church has got nothing to do with the building, but everything to do with the people of God. You and I, we're the church, we're his bride, and he loves us. And I think then it's partly our responsibility to love God and to honor God with all of our strength, all of our energy, all of our efforts by loving his church, by loving people. I mean, that's the greatest commandments that we're given. It should be our top priority. For those of you who are married, your spouse, hopefully, second to God, maybe, is your top priority, even when you have kids. I know when we had kids, uh, you know, sometimes that's a bit of a blurry season. Every now and again, as a spouse, you might say, hey, just remember me, I'm here. And when I would say that to Jen, she would say, stop being so needy. Anyway, uh, but I'm like, also, I'm also here, you know. Anyway, but now that the kids are a little bit older, we get a lot more time for each other. And, uh, you know, for me personally, Jin is my top priority, even over my own children. And I think marriages break down and fall when they put all the effort and energy into the kids and then you neglect your spouse. Any amens to that out here today? Seriously, your spouse should be your top priority. If you're not married, maybe there's other things that you can place as your top priority. And what's amazing is with serving God with all of our strength in the church is not only is that like the ideal thing, it's the goal most important, but he actually equips us and designs us to do this. Isn't that amazing? It's kind of like how God has built in all of us a, a love. We don't know where it came from. It's just there because we are made in the image of God. When you, for those of you who had the privilege of having a, a child, isn't it amazing the love that just you experience and feel in that moment? After you've had that terror, it's like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I just remember when Chloe came out, I was like, I was like sweating, man. I was like, and I know it was far worse for Jen. I get all of that. But I was like, what is going on? And like, you feel nervous and then just, could you breathe? Could you breathe? Then a breeze and all good, you know? But there's an overwhelming sense of love and this responsibility that comes out of nowhere. And God has given in us this amazing ability to love. For some of you who are animal lovers, okay? Uh, We weren't really into... I mean, we've always enjoyed animals, but we didn't have our own dogs, but Chloe wanted a dog, and we put it off for years and years and years, and eventually we got these two little Yorkies. Now, these things are like, they're like our little babies, you know? I mean, we love these little things, okay? Some of you animal lovers like, don't know what you're talking about. You know when you see those posts on Facebook where people post a photo of their dog that passed away, and they write a whole thing, and some of you guys read that and go, it's just a dog. Admit, I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand because you will get... We were talking about UFC earlier. You might just get a head choke from someone who loves their dogs. But anyway, but you do, you just, you you feel a love that you didn't know that you had or was there. Now, the amazing thing about God is he's placed in us this incredible ability to love people and to love his church. And he actually equips us to do this. He has given us all a unique gift to serve his church. I don't know if you know that, but he has. Every single one of us, inside of us. And it's almost like this will come naturally to you. There are some things when you love someone that aren't natural. For example, like stacking a dishwasher isn't natural to me. But I did it last night, by the way. I forgot to put it on this morning. I was meant to. (laughs) I even put that little soap thing in there. 
That's not natural to me. But when you love someone, you, you start to do things that are unnatural, right? But there are natural ways in which you love someone. And God has given us this incredible natural ability. Check what it says here in 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Isn't that amazing? He's given all of us a variety of gifts here in this place here today. Use them well to serve one another. Ephesians 4, we won't go into that scripture, but that's pretty famous when it talks about the spiritual gifts, and it actually lists some of them. And this spiritual gift, some versions actually uh, replace the word gift with, with a special grace. It's like a grace for something. Like God graces you with the ability. Like there's some people that are far better listeners than me. Like I'm getting better at it. I'm trying, but Jin naturally is a, is a better listener. So like I really try hard, you know, to, to be a, a better listener. You know, it's like God has given her the grace for that. That's why she would be a good counselor, okay? I maybe talk too much. I don't know. But God graces people with a special ability. And what's interesting is this word gift or, or, or grace, um, the Greek, the original, the, so the way that the, it was originally written um, is a word uh, charis. It's actually where we get our word charismatic from. I don't know if you know that. Maybe you're saying today, hey, I don't want to be known as a charismatic, some of those crazy people or charismanias. But actually, what it, what it mainly means is that it's rather someone who operates knowing their gift. Someone who operates from the place understanding God's design for your life. That's what a charismatic is, really. Uh, the word charis means divine enablement. God has divinely and uniquely created something in you that will enable you to do what he's called you to do. Something you were designed to do. Now check this out. When you do this, a couple things happen. One is, it's like, I was made for this. It, it's so easy for me to do this because you were designed to do it. I was talking with Colin earlier and their little son, um, Orlando, he loves uh, kind of to fix, try to fix things. I mean, he's, he's only two, right? But he's like screwdriver, taking things up. He's just like me when I was young. Like Colin's like, I haven't got a clue. I've never known how to fix things. But his, Colin's dad was good at fixing things. And it's amazing. Like kids, you start to see the unique gift and talents and little things. I used to take things apart. And that's why I ended up starting an iPhone repair business like, like 30-something years later. But I love it because I, 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 I took my phone apart when it didn't work. And then I had to put it back together. And I broke something. And that's how the, how the business started, basically. I ordered a part from China, fixed it. And then I broke something else. And then people started rocking up the church saying, I heard there's this guy that fixes iPhones here. It was quite embarrassing after a while when like, people would arrive daily. Anyway, and that's when we, we started the business. But it's like you were made for this. It, it's so easy for you. The second thing is it not only impacts you, but it impacts other people's lives and it makes an eternal difference in other people's lives. That's why I said to you at the beginning, I really believe this is going to have an eternal impact on people here in this church because of how you apply what you learn today. And then the result is, and this is what's amazing, is you feel fulfilled when you are operating using your gifts for God. You really do. If you don't know what role you could play within God's kingdom or the church, or you don't know what your specific calling is, there's many ways that you can discover that. 
Um, practically, there are uh, online, there's a whole bunch of different uh, actual like tests that you can do where you can fill in some um, answers to some questions and it starts to point you into the direction where you think, uh, you know, God has kind of placed you. It's, it's, it's amazing. There's many available online. Uh, I mean, we could chat to any one of the pastors or Lauren, they could point you in that direction. We're not really here to talk specifically on all of those today, but there's a bunch of different gifts that God has uniquely wired within all of us. In actual fact, uh, there's, a, there's about 27. There, there could be more. And it's not meant to be this exhaustive list, you know, but, but it, it's, it's meant to just help you discover who you are. And our responsibility, particularly as pastors and leaders in the church, is to really, um, the Bible talks about stir that up in you, kind of fan it into flame, to, to make you feel like, ah, oh, I want to know what my purpose is. And maybe even today you're sitting there and going, geez, this is, this is exciting. I didn't know this. Um, and, and that's part of our responsibility. We want to help you and, and, and equip you so that we can all end up making a difference in this world. Love God with all your strength. Now, I'm going to mention the V word. Anyone know what the V word is? And you're like, no, no, please. I've already got too much on. I can't get involved. It's kind of like I, I'm maxed to my capacity. You know, I've got school stuff. You know when they hand out that, like, a uh, little clipboard around the school classroom, and they say, could you sign up for different things? It's so funny. You see people just passing those things on quickly, and someone's got to be the liaison mom or, or dad, you know? Uh, my wife, I don't know, I bless her, but she is the liaison mom for uh, Jonah, our younger son, this year, and she's getting messages at all times now. Um, also, like, I can't find my son. He's not at school. What, what about this? What about that? Anyway, it's like a full-time job. So if you don't see my wife for the rest of the year, you know she's the liaison mom, right? But... When they send those things around, it's like some people just like skip it on by. So when we mention the V word, which is the volunteer word, some of you get excited, but others of you are like, oh, I just, I just can't, I just can't. I'm hoping by the end of the service today, you're going to see that it's not this like, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to stack the dishwasher. But that you get excited about it. Okay, I don't know if you could ever be excited about seeing the dishwasher, but anyway. But we get excited about it. And I found... Personally, and this is bizarre, the more you exercise, the more energy you have. That does not make sense, right? I remember before being active, and Jin would tell me, like, you, you feel tired and a bit lethargic. Some of you are like that all the time, right? I'm not, I'm not joking. Try exercise. You will sleep better, you will function better, and you'll have more energy. It doesn't make sense, you know, especially if you're not one who exercises, but there are many times where I'm like, oh, I really don't feel like going for a run, okay? Like, I know I should do, I'm going to probably do one this afternoon, but it'll be my sixth run this week, right? But I'm like, ah. Oh. But I will feel more energy, because I know what happens at about three o'clock on a Sunday. Like all of you guys, eh? You're sitting on the couch, you just had lunch, you're like, oh, I just need to sleep. And then you wake up from your sleep at about five, and you're like, oh, it just feels so terrible, Anyone else agree with that? No? No honest people in church today? Anyway, the more you exercise, the more energy you have. The more productive you get at work, and the more you sometimes work, it's almost like the more capacity you have. I mean, they say if you want something done, ask a busy person to do it. Have you heard that before? Now, I'm not saying, like, uh, go manic and get over busy. I'm just saying it's like it increases your capacity. The more you serve, I promise you now, the more purpose you'll have in your life. If you're asking, I need more purpose, I want more purpose, I don't know what my purpose is, serve. Serve people, serve God, serve his church. Besides, what's more important than serving his bride in this house? 
arguably more important than even home group. Now, home group's important. I mean, we enjoy home group. But I think when we serve here in this church, the very thing that we're often looking for, which is community and seeing life change in our lives and other people, we get to be part of. Now, I'm going to give you some practical ways at the end, or Colin as well, when he wraps up the services, how we can get involved. I also believe that if you feel disconnected to church, and let me tell you, there are so many disconnected Christians right now across the world because of the last couple of years that we've had. It's never been more disconnected. Churches have literally crumbled, fallen apart. I'm grateful to God that he's held this thing together. And we've even got some people online, which so through technology, you are staying connected, which is amazing. Uh, but I'm really hoping that things are on the up, right? That, that this year is going to be a good year for all of us. But if you're feeling a little disconnected and you used to be involved, now is the time, today. And it's not like God is going to make you do something that you hate. I remember, you know, when, when, when they talk about, you know, being called by God. And there was always that terrifying thing like, please, Lord, not China. <laughs> I don't want to go to China. I don't want to go, go to India. If any of you can ever get my dad to India, I'll give you some money. <laughs> he's, he's really shaking his head. But, you know, there's these, these things that terrify you, you know. It's like, but you know what I found amazing? Anyway, even if something terrifies you, God changes your heart and it's in, it ends up being all you want to do. We've got some special friends, Brad and Esme, and um, Fiona knows them well, grew up in, in her church, and um, th- they got called to China. I mean, it, it, never ever thought anything would happen like that, and they got so excited. They're still in China, <laughs> actually, but, um, but have done amazing work that side, and God changes our heart anyway. Okay, uh, enough of China, and by the way, I love China, it's, it's, so if we've got any Chinese people in the room or or people online, uh, I love China. I've been there eight times, really, really do. But I, I'm just trying to get a point across. Sometimes people look at a place that would terrify them because of the language barrier or it's so far and go, I don't want to do it. But I'm just talking about here in church. Maybe there's things that scare you. But, but God will change your desires anyway. But the best thing is that we don't even have to serve God in areas that we don't want, don't want to serve Him. We, we serve Him in areas that we, we love to serve Him in. We get to love God and to love people by serving. And just three things, um, you know, where we get to serve God. And, you know, and the first is this, is, is our passions. So your passion. God would want you to be involved in an area that you're passionate about. For example, and this is always a, a great one to kind of connect with, when you walk into a room, like when you walked in here today, and maybe you came in here early, if you are like an organizational type or administrational type, you would have noticed that the chairs were straight. Do you sometimes notice that, by the way? Just checking. The chairs are straight. For me, I'm a little, little OCD, and I, I like things straight as well. And, and I think it speaks volumes. Like when you walk in, that it's not all over the place. If these chairs were left like they were on Friday after youth, mess, okay? Absolute mess. But that means that you are wired like that. If you are not wired like that and you are a compassionate type person, mercy type person, you would have walked in, not even noticed the straight chairs, but maybe would have seen someone sitting on their own over there and gone, shame, I wonder who, who that person is, how they got to be here, why are they sitting on their own? And that's because your unique wiring, that's how you are wired. 
If you have an, a, a leadership type ability or you just want to make things happen and you get frustrated when things aren't working right, maybe you walk into a room like this and start look around and just wonder why certain things are the way they are or maybe in a good way. Or maybe you're looking at the oak up here on the stage you're going, I can do a better job than he does. And that's totally cool. You probably can. And maybe you wired that way. We all wired differently, but we get to serve God with our passions. The second is we get to serve God using our life experiences. We've all learned some things that we could do, that we are good at out there, that could, we could really be good at here in church. If you're technically minded, for example, get involved in the production team at the back there because let me tell you, you need some real technical ability for that. Okay, there's some serious equipment operating there and in the studio at the back, but if you're technically minded, you can get involved. Isn't it awesome? And maybe you're really good at it. And we need some really good people. Because if we didn't have good people there, right now, none of this would be happening. Okay? You would not be able to hear me. You would not be able to see me. And it just wouldn't work. If you're good with kids, I love kids. Honestly, if I wasn't doing what I am now here at church, I'd probably be upstairs with Sky Kids. I really love kids. But if you're good with kids, um, you don't even have to be a school teacher. Okay? Actually, school teachers are like... I want to stay away from kids' church. I do it all week, you know. So, uh, but if you're good with kids and have this natural ability to connect with kids, right now there are a whole bunch of people serving our kids. If you are administrational, maybe quite analytical, you're thinking, these guys need to work on their car parking. We can get a whole bunch more cars in here and we can get them out quicker if they just do this and this and this and this and that. We need you on our car park team. Every one of us has something that God can use. And in our church, it's been amazing to see over the years the, the variety of things that people have done and continue to do. I mean, in lockdown, or the, uh, yeah, we, we, we had uh, people sewing masks. We are kickstarting another program again uh, with Kendall, who uh, works here at the church, the NEMA program, the reading program, just teaching people how to read down in some of the, the schools that need the help. Um, we haven't done this for the past couple of years, but there were a bunch of people going to the Kloof Rest Home and just visiting the old ducks there. I mean, I love, I, I've been there. They're amazing. And we go there and paint their nails and sing them some songs and just chat to them. It's awesome. I, I don't know if we're allowed to go back in there yet. Are we? It's closed down, apparently. But there are multiple ways that we can get involved and serve. And so many of us, we disqualify ourselves to serve God because we think we can't or we're not good at something. And let me tell you this, and this is the last point, is God can even use your bad parts. He can use the bad parts of your life, that's your pain, to serve God and his people. Maybe today you're saying, gifts and talents, like Hilton, I got baggage, I got problems, yo. I don't know why I said like American accent, just felt like I needed to. Um, <laughs> And you try and disqualify yourself to volunteer. Listen to this. People would rather hear from someone who's found freedom in an area than me. If, if you've struggled with something, you can help bring that person through far better than I can. If, if you've been on drugs, you can help someone. I don't understand. I've, I've never had a problem with that, so I can't help. I mean, I can help a little bit. And that's why I love Heal Ministry, which runs here at the church. Heal is, is for recovering addicts and people that ha have walked through the process of recovery with the help of some other people, help other people that are going through it. 
and, and not only the people that are going through it, but the, the connected family and friends and brothers and sisters. We all need help. And even if you've had some bad experiences in your life, you can help. Last couple of weeks, we've asked people to sign up to be counselors. And you're saying, geez, well, I've needed counseling my whole life. You know, I, I don't know if you can help because sometimes you just need, you know, just have a listening ear. And maybe you've walked through some stuff that can help some other people. Ideally, you want to walk through it, right? <laughs> okay. You don't want to still be in it. And then you, you, you pass on all the mess that you've got onto that person that's already got mess. Okay. I'm not saying that we're ever perfect, but you want to have got some freedom in that area in your life. God can use anything from your past, even your pain. Psalm 100, one of my favorite psalms. I love this. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. This, this thing of serving God should be fun. Okay? I know there's some areas in our life that we've got to do things we don't like to do. I'm trying to teach our kids that. But you, 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 can, you can have a diff- If you just change your perspective on something, you can actually have fun doing it. Tidy up time, tidy up time. Remember that? We used to sing that to our kids. And it, and it says, not only serve him with gladness, but it's come before him, before his presence, with singing. And that's just amazing. It's amazing also when you sing how you, you can uh, get a job done better. I was chatting to a friend of mine who's busy training with the sharks. Um, he hasn't got a go yet, but he's new. And he was just saying, Sia loves to sing. See, he's such an incredible example to our nation, isn't he? And everything he does, when, they, when they're training, when they're sweating, when they're working hard, he just sings. He sings all these like African songs. And this last Wednesday, they had a game here at the stadium. He wasn't even playing the game, but he was on the sidelines singing, singing and chanting. Just incredible. And this is what the Bible says. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Colossians 3.23 says this. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do. Colin spoke so well on heart and soul. As though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. We serve, yes, we serve people, but we do it for God mainly. For we know that we will receive a reward, an inheritance from the Lord, as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. And throughout the Bible, as I kind of come to a close, we, we start to see this theme and the statement said a few times, well done, good and faithful servant. There's a couple parables about, parables about it. And even when Jesus hung on the cross, you see this, you know, God saying, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And Jesus came to, to seek and to save. And he came to serve us. And you see this well done, good and faithful servant. It's not just well done, those who were good and those who were faithful, but those who served with goodness and faithfulness. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to get to the end of my life and God say that to me. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's not like, oh, here we are, I made it. No, it's just, I just really feel that for us as a people, that we are here on this earth to serve. Serve God and to serve people. And what I want to do is is show you a quick little video. Uh, Last week, uh, you would have maybe seen pre-service and maybe during Colin and I running around with my iPhone just filming a couple of little uh, snippets of some of our volunteers. And remember last week I told you that we would be talking about it this Sunday, but maybe you don't realize or know some of what goes on here at the church and how we need people. And particularly after the last few years and as we kind of build uh, in-service back up, we need people. We need about 80 volunteers on a Sunday. And it really is exciting. And the more people we have, the less you serve, which obviously. Uh, at the moment, I think we're on a rotation of every three weeks you get to serve. Notice I said you get to. You don't have to. 
you get to, and it's exciting. So I want to show you this quick video, and if this doesn't inspire you to love God with all your strength, I don't know what will. So let's check this video out. 